Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, I think what we wanted to dive into and talk a bit about is the sort of the state of the Apple Watch um, as an app platform. And we're going to talk a little bit about my own experience recently doing a lot of watchOS work. Essentially, the last quarter of 2015, all I did was work on watch apps. Um, a little bit of my experience there. And then also kind of looking forward to what we think could make the Apple Watch a better platform than it is today for apps and app developers. My big app that I launched last year was Sleep Plus Plus, which is a watch app. We're not going to talk too much about it, but it was all about the watch. It's a sleep tracker, a motion tracker. Um, and then after I got that out the door, I spent a lot of time working on Pedometer Plus Plus for Apple Watch, which was um, Pedometer Plus Plus is a step counter sort of fitness tracker that um, had mostly been on the on the phones for for a long time. I had originally done a watchOS 1 app for it, but it was very limited because at that time, watchOS 1 apps run on your ran, all, entirely ran on the phone, and so there was no way to get the watch's data um, actually to just be displayed on the watch, which is a little bit weird. So, like you, if you only if you wore the watch all day long, and you then you like start the watch app, it would be only be showing you data from your phone's activity, which was weird. WatchOS 2, I could finally fix that, and so I spent what I thought would be a few weeks turned out to be a few months getting the data sync um, portion of that together, so that the watch app now displays like this merged set of data between the watch and the phone. And that took a lot longer than I think, mostly because like sync is, as I was always like, sync is hard. There's a lot of really complicated things here. And it's not even like regular user data sync where there's some basic rules about it. It's just like, compl- it's the, it's trying, I have to analyze your activity through the day and work out what number to show for your step count as you go through it. Um, but I got through all that and, you know, shipped the app middle of December in 2015 and uh, one thing that I did that I was very glad I did is I included a bunch of little analytics about the watch app's use because I wanted to see um, how it's actually being used um, in practice. And initially when I launched, it looked like something right around 11% of people who were using Pedometer++ had Apple Watches. That's pretty good. Yeah, which is pretty good. It's better than I thought it was. I was expecting the number probably to be like two, like four or five, maybe. So 11 is pretty good. And then after Christmas, it's now up to about 13.5% um, of, of Pedometer++ Plus Plus users you know, ha- have an Apple Watch paired. It's kind of interesting. Like it, It's building something for uh, a relatively narrow group of my users, but I think was still valuable to do. Um, and hopefully that percentage will grow over time. Um, and of course, it's funny. Like of the, you know, of the thirteen and a half percent people who have watches, something like eighty percent of them have the watch app installed, and of and then twenty percent of them are using the complication, um, which is probably the most like the from my perspective was like the coolest part of the app was the complication, so you can see your step counts grow. But only twenty percent of people um, who have watches use it, which is something like two percent overall. So that's a bit mixed, but that's sort of the way these things go, I think. Yeah, that that part is interesting. I mean, you know, you, you, we could talk about like, like how how do you decide how whether to, whether to do a feature like this that's going to require tons and tons of work, you know, because you're really you know building this whole thing from scratch, really on this different platform and everything, 
and then it ends up that you know two percent of your user base will ever use it uh is is that is that worth doing or when is it worth doing yeah and so it's i've definitely gone through like several phases with this where like when i first saw that number i was like like crying inside because <laughs> so much it took so much and like i love it like i it's i use it all the time it's a, i think it's a great feature and so like in some ways like I, i'm i'm I can remind myself that if it's a feature that I personally use and it takes some time to build, like at least I'll use it, I'll enjoy it. And so, and like these things will get better over time. Um, but it's definitely, if I'd known that number up front, I'm not sure it would have been as easy to justify development on this. Um, because overall, I wouldn't say adding watch support to the app has had a significant impact in its sales. Um, there's a very small bump in sales when i released the update just as you sort of normally get from uh, like little press outlets um p- picking it up or it's like slightly new and no- slightly noteworthy um but beyond that like the app wasn't featured which kind of surprised me which is a weird thing to say like i don't want to be like stuck up oh they should have featured me but like because as far as i can tell so little work is being done in terms of new apps on the watch i was kind of more hopeful than I would normally get my hopes up for for getting featured and that didn't happen so it's like from a sales perspective it didn't really add too much um and so when i look at it it's like i'm glad i did it but mostly not for like right now i think it's more better it's it's more important as a get it like keeping the app relevant keeping the app current and not creating a, a big gap between like where the state of the art would be and where the app is and like that's a good and important thing because pedometer plus plus is like it's my my biggest uh, earning app, and so it's important to me that it's like well taken care of. But the actual details, and when you see things, it's like yeah, like a pretty small percentage of people are actually using it. It's a hard thing to say. That's interesting. I mean, and and I wonder how much of it is like being even being featured and and having this kind of like you know any kind of like app store prominence. I wonder what the value of being featured really is for watch apps because. Not only, of course, do fewer people have Apple Watches, uh, which you know would be a separate issue, but even as somebody who who using who's using Apple Watch for like you know seven or eight months or however long it's been, uh, I never browse the App Store for new watch apps, and I wonder like it's just the, the pattern of using the watch and being a watch owner. How often do you go browsing the App Store for new watch apps compared to how often you go for the phone? Like if in the phone, you launch the App Store app. You know, if you're kind of bored or looking for new stuff, you launch the App Store, you browse around, you see what's featured, you see the top lists. On the watch, I mean, you like as as an Apple Watch user, do you? How often do you open the the Watch App Store, if ever? Is there? I mean, I, I guess you you launch the companion app and you can go in there and browse the apps there. But does anybody actually do that? I don't know. Like it's. So it's like people are definitely finding the apps somewhere because like Sleep Plus Plus is only a watch app. Like without a without an Apple Watch, it's completely useless, and it's had a pretty strong uptick in terms of people finding it. So I don't know exactly where they're finding it from. Um, I don't know if it's word of mouth, if it's just like people finding it online or whatever. But they're definitely finding it somewhere. Like mostly when I I go into the companion app and it has like the two tabs where you, I think you can search and there's a featured area. Um, there like i go in there mostly just to kind of see if there's anything new and interesting but not as much for myself and there is certainly something aspect to it that the nature of the watch and the way that it's kind of more of a like a glancing interaction model where you're not 
going to be just like sitting down and if you're bored, like browsing around on thing or like, you know, with your phone, like if you're, you're bored, you have some time, you're on a train or something like you're going to spend a lot of time. You could quite easily be like, oh, let me go see if there's a new game or something new to interesting to go or, you know, look on the Internet and, you know, read Reddit or RSS or Twitter or Slack or whatever it is like. Whereas on the watch, once you kind of have your use case that you are comfortable with, like whatever it's doing, like, and so for this case, it's like, it's unless you're really are look, like looking to how could I make my watch a better fitness tracker for me beyond like the built-in activity app, for example, like, I don't know if you're really going to go looking for that in the same way. Um, because like, there's no app store on the watch itself. Like there's no little watch icon that, you know, you go to the honeycomb screen and then hit app store and it shows you a bunch of apps. And I mean, I think it's probably for the best. Like, I'm not sure if that would actually be a good interaction, but with the lack of that, like, I don't know how you would find good watch apps other than just going to the companion app, which is a really odd place to go anyway, because it's not part of the app store. Like in some ways it seems like it should be in the app store, like you could replace that middle. What is it? The what's it now? The explore tab, the one that's changed like ten times. It's like if if you have a watch, it should be like maybe that should be like you know a watch or TVOS or like all the different like all these other secondary platforms that um, are harder to find apps for. Then like maybe it should be fine there. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing to to think how people actually find watch apps these days. I really don't know. I mean, to some degree, the value of having a watch app is political with Apple in in the sense that Apple is more likely to promote apps that take better advantage of all their platforms and all their features. So Apple is probably happier to promote an iOS app that has a nice companion watch app than they would be to promote a similar iOS app that has no watch app. And so it, you know, in some ways, the the reason to have a, a watch app and to take advantage of new watch features is to increase the likelihood of Apple featuring your your iPhone app, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't really help you if you're trying to figure out, like, how much time to put into your Apple Watch app and, and how to make it more useful. Um, and I, I wonder, I mean, I was kind of expecting, you know, you, you mentioned that the the percentage of, of Pedometer++ Plus Plus users with the Apple Watch before and after Christmas um, did increase, but it didn't increase as much as I would have expected. You said it went from like 11 to about 13%. Is that right? Yeah, it went up 2.5% from 11 to 13.5%. Yeah, so that, I would have expected a bigger jump from that, honestly. And and I've heard uh, from a few people here and there, I, I've, I've picked up a few other little tidbits of like app sales uh, for, for watch people and almost all of them reportedly noticeable jump uh, like on Christmas Day and the day after um, compared to what it was previously. So I, I think it's clear that there are a lot of watches out there and and that there are a lot that were given as gifts for, for Christmas this year. But I, I would have expected the jump to be bigger. And so in terms of like absolute numbers here, I mean, obviously nothing's going to be as big as the iPhone install base on day one or even in year one or even in year five for that matter. But I wonder, um, are there enough watch owners out there to to make this worth doing yet? I, I maybe the best thing to answer to that is I don't I can't think of anyone who I'm aware of who has had like a runaway success on the watch. With most most of like new platforms, I mean we have we have a little bit of this problem with the TV as well. But like there is with the iPhone and certainly with the iPad, there were you know stories of people who put a lot of time and effort, like really made a good app. And there was enough uptick from a, on the customer side 
and a strong enough fi- financial part of that, that it was like, wow, you know, like they have like the overnight success. And I'm not aware of that, of that on the watch at this point. Like, so it's, I think it's a good pl- thing to do from in terms of if you want to build a fully featured, robust, ro- like re- fully rounded app, like it's part, part of like part of that bar now probably includes a watch app. But I, the, I'm not sure if there's a strong direct incentive for it that like if you build the watch watch app your app will be more successful it's a bit more soft than that and like if anything honestly for me like part of why i i got into watch apps is it was an area that i think is growing i don't think it has grown yet and so part of me was like i just want to be an expert at this platform that i think in two or three years which is a bit of a long game to be playing but like in several years will be more and it will increasingly relevant i'd rather be an expert on it like the only way you can have you know five years experience in five years is to have started now <laughs> yep. and i didn't want to describe it's so like you know it's the old joke when you people who want like eight years swift experience now or something like it's like well you can't really do that but if you start on day one at the very least you can have as mo- the, the most that you can and so like since watch os or watch kit back then watch kit one was out like it's just something that i think is important for my for like it's something that i enjoy and it's an important for my business down the road to continue to be good at but in the like in the here and now it's a much squishier like it's like maybe it's good maybe it'll increase slightly the chance that someone will download it or that apple will feature it um or something like that but it's a mu- it's it's not a direct like cause and effect like this will help make your app more successful i think at this point anyway I, I think though it is you know making it more more likely that Apple will feature it, and I think it also it also plays into like for the chances of your iOS app succeeding. It also plays into like first of all like the people who have watches, even though it's a small percentage of iPhone users, it's not a random percentage. It isn't a random subset. It is like it is it is kind of like the the early adopters, uh, the people who are willing to spend who are st- willing to spend more money probably and able to spend more money. So like it is a it is a market that I think is. It has outsized relevance compared to its actual numbers, and also it it can be used as, as a feature comparison. So, like if I'm looking at two different pedometer apps in the App Store, and I have an Apple Watch, and one of them has a watch app and one doesn't, then even if I don't intend to use that watch app, or even if I think I'll use it and in reality never would, and therefore wouldn't show up in those numbers, I think I'm more likely to pick the one with the watch app because you know it, it's it's like people who buy like a giant SUV because they might someday go off road with it. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they never do, which most never do, that's still, that, that is a selling point to them up front where like they might choose, like, so people might choose your app, even if they have never planned, even if they have no plans to ever use the watch app, they might choose your app simply because it has a watch app over someone else's that doesn't. So it, it, it there is more value to it, I think up front for an iOS app, but that, that argument becomes less relevant when you're talking about apps that run only or primarily on the watch like sleep plus plus you know like you know apps where like the iphone app is basically non-existent or unimportant um and so i i think it's it's hard to argue today for spending a ton of time with a watch app it's it's easy to argue for having a watch app for for your io for your existing ios app if it's relevant to have one but it's harder to argue for spending a whole lot of time on it does that make sense yeah i think so and it's also probably keeping in mind that 
a really good watch app is by its nature very simple and so on the like one thing that if it's like it's probably it's important to make sure that you don't think of a watch app as a fully fledged like really complicated sophisticated thing like it's for it to do well it should really only probably have like one or two actions that you can take or like what like sleep plus plus for example like has one button that in the entire app and that's it and i think that works well for it because all it does is you say like i'm going to sleep i'm waking up from sleep and it's just you you know so like a toggle button on and off and um like pedometer plus plus is the only from an action perspective is the same thing like you can say like i'm going for a walk and it'll start you know a, a workout where it tracks your heart rate and all kinds of other stuff and then you get to the end of your workout and you hit stop and so like it's it's nice in that sense of like having a basic watch app is a good thing um beyond rather than being like a detriment it's actually probably a plus and so trying to hit that basic level is easier than it would be like if you compared to say the same way to like and having an ipad app like making your app universal having a ipad app that is useful and fits on the platform is probably a lot more work than a watch app and so if you're looking for something to like extend out your app a little bit like you've got that basic feature set locked down and you're like oh what you know how could i make the, like add that little like five percent boost like you might be easier to add it on the watch than it would be to like go to the iPad or some, or a platform like that that just would require a lot more of you. Yeah. All right. This episode of Under the Radar is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you will actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting, share status updates from your phone as you're leaving the client site, and access the latest version of a file from home. You can even do this in your pajamas and nobody will know. Pants are optional. These days, everything is mobile. Your work should be too, and it shouldn't require pants. Now, if you're looking at your internet and and you've ever thought, whoever designed this must truly hate me and everyone I know, those days can be over by switching to Igloo. Igloo allows you to make your internet feel like a place you actually want to be. It's surprisingly configurable, and you can completely rebrand it to give it the look and feel of your team. Thanks to group spaces, role-based access permissions, and an easy drag-and-drop widget editor, you can reorganize the whole platform to fit exactly how your teams work. With our mobile lives, people are increasingly bringing in outside apps into companies, and sensitive documents are getting scattered across different platforms. This can cause some big problems for you and your company, but not if you use Igloo. Igloo allows you to integrate services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox into one big, easy-to-secure platform. If you know terms like 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and Active Directory integrations, first of all, sorry, uh, but then you will know how just how safe and secure Igloo is. With Igloo, you can share files with your coworkers for all of you to collaborate on. You can also track who's read them with read receipts. This can be super useful for making sure that critical information has been seen, keeping everyone on the same page. It's time to break away from the internet that you hate that was designed in 1997. Go and sign up for Igloo right now, and you can try it for free for any team with up to 10 people and for as long as you want. Sign up at igloosoftware.com slash radar. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. So I wanted to spend the second half of this now. Um, you know, we talked in the first half about the Apple Watch, kind of the reality of the of, of being an Apple Watch developer today, um, from your perspective. And and you really are like one of the world's most prominent Apple Watch developers, honestly. Um, the Apple Watch today, I, I think, I think we've figured out um, is is not a great app development platform yet. What do you think could make it a great app development platform? 
there's two aspects to that. Like there's the hardware side and the software side. And like on the hardware side, like obviously the watch will get better and better and better. And the more it gets better, the more easy, like the the more capable it will be. Like there'll be more things that it will be able to do because as it is right now, like the watch is kind of, it's pretty slow. It doesn't have a lot of memory. It's as a result, some of the way like the apps are structured has to be kind of funny and different than what you might like. And like those types of things will just come. And I would... When I look at those, like I'm less worried about the choices Apple will make there because I imagine, like, just by Moore's law and the their history, like it'll keep getting faster, better, um, have longer battery life. Um, like battery life is a big one, I think, for me because like one of the hardest things I have, you know, like for like Sleep Plus Plus is like t- t- telling people like, oh, you you wear it overnight so you don't charge it overnight, and like things like that are much will be much easier sells if the watch had I don't even know like like a week's battery just like to be able to run all the time or things like that. And hopefully over time also, like as the hardware gets better and it's more compelling and there's just, it's been out for longer, there'll be a bigger, more people with it. And like, that's a a helpful thing from a marketing perspective. But I think the biggest and more interesting things are assuming that basic level of like the hardware each year will get better. And like, you know, the, the, the Apple watch that we have now is, fairly old insofar as like they announced it what is it september of 2014 yeah it's it's like a year and change old already yeah because like that's what obviously it didn't ship until you know uh, april 2015 but like the hardware from a, at least what they were showing and what its feature set was and how capable it was was locked down way back then and so i'm hopeful the next one, which who knows, maybe it'll come out in the spring, I think seems to be like where the most sort of the best, the, like the, the even the best money right now would be like sometime in spring, there'll be a new one. Like it could have a dispro- a larger than like a one year performance gain. So like assuming those, like that'd be great. I really hope that we see a lot of changes around just making it more capable, which is a weird thing to say, but like things like complications, for example, which I think are... Or like the watch face in general, like most in my own personal use, almost all of my use happens on that watch face. And I would love to see that just get better and better and better. And like the way it's structured now is very much designed around battery life that, you know, the watch face is only visible when you flip your wrist up, for example, which um, is frustrating sometimes. Like, and obviously I know you can't have it on all the time, but even having something there more persistently or being able to be more aggressive about lighting up the screen things like that could be really helpful and as a result like complications don't update very frequently um which i think you can from my own test it's like you can update a complication at most maybe about 40 times a day that's interesting like for pedometer is a bit you know it's like is where i I note that the most because you can, it's not like the, the data is real time. So, you know, every time you take a step, your step count goes up by one, but I can only update the complication, you know, whatever, like 40, 40 ish times a day, maybe about every half hour, say. Um, and like, I'd love to see that get better, to be more frequent, to be more semi real time. That um, obviously there's timing things, like part of why. Apple has the complication structured such that you like send data and it's like baked in for a particular period of time is so that it's instantaneous when you raise your wrist, the data is already there rather than like raising your wrist and then loading the data. 
like that's fair enough but making that much more frequent and that's that's kind of how like the entire the entire watch os is kind of developed that way it kind of feels like the old mac uh, os 10 dashboard where yeah. like everything is kind of in the state of suspended animation until you go and look at it at which point you see old data and then a few seconds later new data flashes in and or 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 you go in and you see nothing and then a few seconds later new data it's, so it's like Either way, I don't love that as a user or a developer, and I recognize why they have to do it, because it, it does save a whole lot of power, and, and this is really a very power and especially um, CPU-constrained device where and memory, so like they can't keep all this stuff in memory, they can't keep refreshing it constantly, um, but over time, I hope they can with with hardware improvements, because the the idea of, like, of having to like, go to a glance and then wait a second or two for it to update and then seeing new stuff pop in it's clunky and it's better than nothing so like you know if that's what they had to do to get this product out the door this year with today's technology that's great i'd rather have it than not have it but it is really clunky and so once it becomes possible to have basically real-time updates and and to have things always be running and being updated you know on a much more frequent basis I hope they choose to take advantage of that and to allow that rather than to just kind of bank the power savings and keep making this thing thinner, you know, or, or something like that, you know, yeah. because that would it, it would totally transform the usefulness of apps and using apps on this platform if we could have things be refreshed more frequently and have things be more real time. Yeah. And, and there's certainly a limit to it in like in the positive way that I think Apple could probably get there is there's obviously it doesn't have to be like update every 30 seconds like there there's a probably some functional limit that below which like once they're if they can get so rather than being updated every 30 minutes if i could update every i don't know five minutes three minutes like at a certain point it's it's good enough and that kind of an improvement it makes me more hopeful that we'll get there because that kind of a, like the battery life improvement that you would imagine you'd have to have to get from that, like to compress it just that much is more likely than um, if it was something where, you know, you have a constantly running socket connection from your watch is probably not realistic, but hopefully we can get something like that. Um, and then also, I just hope that we, I hope we can do so much. I, I can't wait that we can do custom watch faces is something that I would love to see as well. See that I would love custom watch faces, but I'm not sure they'll ever actually offer it. It's really it, that is not a given that they will, that Apple will ever allow that. But I would love that. I would that would get me very interested in, in watch development if I could make my own face for it. And right now, all the faces and all the complications they all have pretty annoying limitations and, and pretty big limitations uh, or shortcomings in my opinion or just just difference of differences of opinion of how i would do things and it, it's, it's kind of a baseline level of frustration i have with the watch third-party faces i think are a really big challenge for apple to enable in a way that is compatible with power goals and, and everything else uh, and security goals and and just branding and consistency goals it is challenging for them to offer that but i think the the benefits of offering that would transform the watch as a platform so much that i think that's a challenge they should undertake and, and i think that's that's a line they should cross whether they will is a very different story and honestly i'm not that hopeful sure i mean even if it was like like it's part of me is like if we don't get custom watch faces at least i want like more 
Like if, 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 if they have Apple wants to make all of them, then they need to make more than they have now in terms of like the only one that like you have the modular face, which is, has like, it's like the kids, it's like the Swiss army knife face. But what if I want something like sort of in between that? Like, I think for me, what I would love is a watch face that was big time on the, like from, for like two thirds of the display. And then like the three modular complications on the bottom. Like, I think for me, that's what I would love. But like such a thing doesn't exist. Like the time is always the small, the small thing in the top right corner. And like, so if they don't give them to us as custom developers, at least they could give us thousands more and or dozens more. And then I think I'd, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah, but see, there's always it's it's like the eighty percent problem. There's always going to be something about whatever they offer us in the built-in faces that isn't what we would actually want, and they're going to be blind to certain things, or there's going to be things they would never do that there is a strong market for that if a third-party developer did it, it could really, you know, expand the platform and make it more useful for people and and reach into new ideas and new markets that Apple didn't or wouldn't consider. And I I think third-party watch faces are like, that is the software unicorn for me on this platform. Like, I I don't know if Apple will ever do it. As I said, I would bet against it, honestly. But if they ever do, I'd be very excited about that. I think that's a good place to stop it. I think... We'll see. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months, we'll have some more information from Apple on this. And then hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this is this is a product that I really look forward to wherever it is two to five years from now. Um, and, and I hope I hope in the meantime, we can we can get some good use out of it as well. So thanks a lot uh, to our sponsor, Igloo. Uh, thanks for everyone to listening for listening. And uh, we will talk to you next week.